Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. For this segment of Spotlight, we're highlighting remarks made by David Smith during the Illinois Family Institute's recent Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet in Bolingbrook. The executive director of IFI told a crowd of more than 600 people that while the situation looks bleak with all the problems our state, nation, and the world are facing, there's reason for hope, hope founded on the promises of God our Father. Now, I want to briefly talk to you about what God has placed on my heart tonight regarding the cultural revolution that you see intensifying around us all the time. I think that we can rightly say that it is a sign of the end of the age. Jesus warns us in Matthew 24, saying, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I'm the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. In verse 12, Jesus tells us, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. I don't know about you, but... Probably never before in my life have I seen a culture, their love of God grow cold. And then the violence in the community grow as a result. Lawlessness is abounding. We see it. Look, abortion on demand with no restriction. Preteen children being taught gender dysphoria. Drag queens dancing for toddlers. Taxes, inflation, violence, drug use, homelessness, suicide, all of them are at all-time highs. On the flip side, we've got marriage, birth rates, and church attendance at all-time lows. Ironically, some of our regressive friends are realizing that their policies are failing. Governor Pritzker recently wrote an open letter to President Biden complaining about the quote-unquote untenable immigration crisis. I guess he realizes that being a sanctuary state wasn't a good idea after all. Voters in Chicago are pushing back, and rightly so. They are also having a devil of a time dealing with the pro-Hamas, pro-Hezbollah caucus, which supports jihad against Israel. And in the process, they may be alienating otherwise reliable votes in the black and Jewish communities. It seems to me that their intersectional coalition of the oppressed is falling apart. They established and fostered these victim groups, hoping they would remain united to tear down the foundations of faith, biblical values, and other institutions of Western society. Exposing just how far out on the left wing they've gone, Black Lives Matter, the Democrat Socialist of America, and various LGBTQIA groups and regressive college groups are rallying for the eradication of Israel. There's little doubt about it. Our world is immersed in chaos and corruption. We even see it in how the government is increasingly weaponizing government, trying to target and silence political opponents and critics. It's truly shocking. Our friend Reverend Stephen Lee here had the nerve to exercise his First Amendment rights. As I understand it and how I've read it, his crime centers on knocking on two doors and making two phone calls. 
Can you imagine what kind of precedent this would set if we do not vigorously defend and win this case? Precinct committeemen might as well hang up their walking shoes if this case doesn't get defeated. We've also seen the Department of Justice label Catholics as extremists and prosecute peaceful pro-life activists. The dramatic arrest of Mark Houck in front of his seven children by an FBI SWAT team is another outrageous example of weaponization. Mr. Houck regularly prayed in front of a Planned Parenthood in Pennsylvania and was falsely accused of violating the law protecting abortion mill escorts. Thankfully, he has been acquitted of the charges and now plans to run for Congress. And we can't forget about the FBI and DOJ, the Department of Justice, using their powers against parents who spoke out at school board meetings, calling them enemies of the state. Or how about the recently passed Senate Bill 1909, which Governor Pritzker signed into law, authorizing the Illinois Attorney General to prosecute pregnancy care centers and sidewalk counselors for quote-unquote deceptive marketing practices. It doesn't matter that Christians believe that human life begins at conception. It doesn't matter we can back that claim up with real science. They want to shut down truth. If the Attorney General has a different definition of what is deceptive, he or she now has the legal tool that they can intimidate, harass, and silence pro-life work in the public square. Yes, evil is being called good, up is now down, wrong is right, boys can be girls, graphic sex education and godless Marxism for students is fine, and Islamic Jihad is merely resistance against colonial oppressors. It's all very troubling. So much so, I know Christians who suggest that we should just bunker down and hide away until the Lord comes back. Well, I'm here to tell you to be encouraged. Be encouraged. God has called us to this time and for a purpose. We have an amazing opportunity to contrast the dark of this world in a way that we haven't had in the recent past. Moreover, the Great Commission has not been repealed. We still have an obligation to obey the call to make disciples of all nations and to teach them to observe all things that Jesus commands us to. And guess what? Yes, worldview must be taught. And by the way, the passage of scripture in Matthew 28 ends with Jesus promising, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you always. Let's not forget that. I believe this means he's telling us that he has our back, right? We serve a God who will equip us and empower us to pull what he calls us off to do. And that leads into my second point. We also serve a God who specializes in miraculous victories. Pastor Doug Wilson once told me, the kingdom of God is advanced from one triumph to another, all of them cleverly disguised as disasters. Disasters, he told me, that's God's camel. Pastor Doug made the point even clearer by asking me, what was the biggest victory that the kingdom of God ever had? Of course, the answer to that was the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what did the faithful think at that very moment of the crucifixion? They were bunkered down, hiding in upper rooms, scattered, disheartened. Yet it was that moment when the devil went down to defeat. That was the very moment when the world was saved. God's spectacular triumph was cleverly disguised as a disaster. 
it's so easy for us to look at the condition of our state and nation, okay, even the world, and say it's hopeless. Well, G.K. Chesterton reminds us, Christianity has died many times and risen again, for it had a God who knew the way out of the grave. Dr. Erwin Lutzer has reminded me more than a few times that we're not called to victory, but we're called to faithfulness. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate those reminders because we all tend to forget and get distracted. We must stir one another up with these reminders. We're all called to faithfulness, right? That supersedes it all. And boy, we need reminders like this. So brothers and sisters, yes, the situation looks bleak, but we're not without great hope. God is with us, and the victory is already run. Scripture is clear. All that is required is that we be found faithful and unwavering because he is faithful. Let me remind you, too, that Scripture tells us to persevere multiple times, multiple places, in multiple ways. It tells us not to stop doing good. Walk in faith. And if God says, go take that hill, so to speak, we're to go do it. Will things get worse? Probably. But just remember, God loves cliffhangers. He loves, right? Why didn't the people of Israel just get to the Red Sea already parted for them? No, God doesn't work that way, does he? He brings them right up to the water's edge with the Egyptian army closing in from behind, right? How about Abraham? He brought Abraham to the point where he tied his son up on an altar, had a knife in his hand, raised ready to strike, and then God said, stop. You've proven your faithfulness, Abraham. We're told in James 1.12, blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. And in Proverbs 28.20, we are told that a faithful man will abound with blessings. We need to take these things very seriously. Like the men of Issachar, we need to understand the times and know how to respond biblically. We need to be prepared to act in response to the disintegration of our society because the second great commandment requires us to love our lost and worldly neighbors. Is there anyone better equipped to do this than the people who know, love, and serve the creator of all things, the author of truth, the only source of eternal hope? We are the stewards of God's blessings. We need to contend for it as though it matters because it does matter. We must take advantage of the opportunities before us to contrast evil with good and to shine the light of Jesus into the darkness. IFI's mission is to boldly bring biblical perspectives to public policy. We do that primarily on two fronts. Number one, at the Illinois General Assembly in Springfield, working to educate our state lawmakers on issues of moral concern. On the second front, we try to educate churches and Christians in the public square to educate and activate them on the same issues that are pending in Springfield or Washington, D.C. So, are you with me? Are you ready to stand with Illinois Family Institute to do this important work? Will you prayerfully consider supporting financially and prayerfully the work in ministry of IFI? Maybe consider giving to our mission as a monthly donor. For our part, we promise to be good stewards using every dollar carefully and prayerfully. Thank you for your prayers, your words of encouragement, your generous financial support. We cannot do this without you. David Smith, the executive director of the Illinois Family Institute, during IFI's recent Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet in Bolingbrook. 
Dave mentioned giving to IFI. Well, now is a great time to do so. All matching challenge donations to IFI throughout December will be matched dollar for dollar, up to $100,000. Remember, your donation to IFI is tax deductible. So to give, go to IllinoisFamily.org or call IFI, 708-781-9328, 708-781-9328. And go to IllinoisFamily.org to check for updates and possible enhancements to the matching challenge. Renowned author and broadcaster Eric Metaxas was IFI's keynote 2023 banquet speaker. You'll hear some of his Q&A following his speech after this time out. With a woman to look at culture from a Christian worldview, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. I didn't think that cancel culture would ever come for Anne Frank, but here we are. Parents of a German daycare center named after Frank proposed a name change because, they said, it was just too difficult to explain the significance of Frank to their children. The director of the school agreed, explained that a name, quote, without political background would be better. Well, after a public backlash, the trustees reversed course, and for that we can be grateful. Anne Frank was a real girl. She faced real horror, met a real and horrible death. Erasing her memory helps no one. History should never be edited to fit our comfort level. Like real life, history has hard edges and unpleasant elements that don't budge for contemporary fashion or fragile feelings. Part of its value lies in teaching us hard lessons, not in conforming to what we wish were true. And Frank deserves better. So do the kids learning her story today. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. America's chaplain faces jail time for the crime of being an American. Chaplain Stephen Lee tells his story 7 p.m. Tuesday, January 9th at the Church of Christian Liberty in Arlington Heights. Find out more at IllinoisFamily.org. We're going to fight this thing. This is bigger than me. Chaplain Lee provided pastoral care in the wake of natural disasters, 9-11, Columbine, and when 2020 election fraud charges surfaced in Georgia, he was there to offer spiritual help and guidance. But a left-wing prosecutor wants to silence him. This transcends politics, things like faith, family, and freedom. Help Chaplain Lee fight for freedom. Join him 7 p.m. Tuesday, January 9th at the Church of Christian Liberty in Arlington Heights. Find out more at IllinoisFamily.org. Go to IllinoisFamily.org. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight for this segment, Q&A with author and broadcaster Eric Metaxas. Following his keynote address during the Illinois Family Institute's recent Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet, Mr. Metaxas took questions from pastors and lay leaders in the audience. Thorne Anderson is a member of the Advisory Council for the Illinois Family Institute. All right. Member of IFI's team of writers. He's a former pastor of Parkwood Baptist Church on Chicago's South Side. Currently provides a pastor support ministry. When I was young, pastors would warn of the existential threat that atheistic communism posed to America over 50 years ago. The yeah. Communist Party USA declared their intention to infiltrate our two major political parties. And they have succeeded. In recent election cycles, they have fielded no presidential candidates of their own, but have endorsed Democrats Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and Joe Biden. Why has this not been made public? Comrade Eric, will you answer that? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Well, it's an interesting thing. I mean, Billy Graham, you know, the greatest evangelist that any anyone of us uh, can think of, thundered against communism. He didn't believe it would that. Oh, I, I'm not going to be political. There are moral issues. Communism is explicitly atheistic. And, and if something is atheistic, let me tell you about the values that come out of atheism. The values that come out of Christianity, I think we know what they are. Slavery's wrong, racism's wrong, murdering the unborn is wrong. We know what Christian values are. We should help the poor. Those are Christian values. You bring those into a culture, well, you know, that will be good for the culture whether you're Christian or not. Atheistic values that come out of communism inevitably Inevitably, and that come out of mark, that come out of cultural Marxism as well. Today we have cultural Marxism, right? Um, what are the values that come out of that? If you're an atheist, you believe that we evolved out of the primordial soup by accident, that life came into being. But I wrote, I wrote a book called "Is Atheism Dead?" And I, I, I know they have like a handful of copies out there. This is the only book besides "Letters to the American Church." But I tell you, folks. When you realize the evidence for God from science, it is astonishing. I, can't, I can hardly tell you, I wish I could talk for hours on that subject. The evidence that has come out from science for the existence of God is astonishing. But an atheist will tell you there's no God and we, we just emerged by accident. Now, if you emerged by accident from nothingness that we, we sprang into being, and there is no God, it means that your life has no meaning and has no value. So if I murder you, I have done absolutely nothing wrong. Life is utterly meaningless. Now it's hard for us to get our heads around that because guess what? You're made in the image of God and he created us to know that we have meaning and that there is such a thing as meaning in the world. But an atheistic worldview, you understand an atheist can't even tell you that racism is wrong. They literally believe that there's no right or wrong. Now they won't, they'll, they'll, they'll talk a good game and they'll pretend like, well, no, I, I believe racism is wrong. I'll be like, oh, good for you, tell me why. They can't tell you why because they don't even believe in right or wrong. Very few of them have the guts to follow the logic of not believing in God. But, but it all follows logically, and they will just say, well, I'm, I'm a good person. And I say, well, I'm glad. Tell me why. Why should we be good? Tell me anything. Communism is atheistic. And so in China today, they, if they don't like you, you'll be a political prisoner, and they will murder you for your organs uh, and sell the organs and make a lot of money. Why shouldn't they? If, if you don't believe in God, if you don't believe we're made, we're sacred in the image of God, why is that wrong? That's the reasonable thing to do. It's the logical thing to do. We can make some money. We can help the, the Communist Party. We can help the state. That is the worldview of the Nazis, who in fact, of course, were atheistic, right? We're going to kill all these Jews, but make sure you get the gold fillings out of their mouths. This is an utterly materialistic, utilitarian view of the human being. And as you know, it's satanic. It's not neutral, it's satanic. And so these things matter. And many of us in the church have even forgotten what we believe, how beautiful it is, how rare it is in history, and, and what a force for good it has been. When Jesus comes into the situation, he changes everything. He doesn't just change your soul so you can go to heaven. That, that happens, yeah, that's nice, but you're still here. 
You know, we don't go to heaven right away. We have work to do. And so Jesus comes into your life. He changes everything. He changed William Wilberforce's life so that Wilberforce understood like, oh, I need to use my life in politics to end the slave trade. If you believe in an atheistic worldview, a communist worldview, which has obviously been taken over. I mean, that's a big part of what we're talking about here, right? When we talk about all these evils, this is called cultural Marxism. Cultural Marxism, I don't have time to go into it, but that's what it is. And it's fundamentally atheistic. So BLM, which is a, you know, they're, they're Marxists, whatever. That means they're atheists, which means they don't believe in the family, which means they don't believe in marriage, which means they don't believe in anything, including that racism is actually bad. But they're not gonna tell you that. They're gonna talk, you know, a good game. And so, this is one of my things, I didn't mean to go on so long, but I just wanna tell you that when you have, not just in the Democratic Party, but in the Republican Party, tons and tons of people unwilling to stand against the evils we're facing with moral clarity, we need to throw them out of office, folks. By the, by the grace of God, we need to throw them out of office. I'm sorry for going on so long. I know, right. I know there we are We have a question over here, Jenna. We have a question here from the Reverend Miles Holmes, who is the senior pastor of Revive Church in Collinsville, and he leads the Miles Holmes Ministries. Pastor Holmes is an IFI board member and is active on YouTube and Facebook. And for speaking the truth, he has actually been honored to um, visit Facebook jail several occasions. Yes. So, Pastor Holmes. Thank you. Eric, we appreciate your work so very much. I'm pretty confident that you would agree with me that the Johnson Amendment is illegal and unconstitutional, which is why I've never followed it for a moment. My question is, do you believe under this current su Supreme Court, yeah. if the Johnson Amendment got to them, would it be abolished? Most people in this room, I'm guessing, don't know what the Johnson Amendment is. The Johnson Amendment, some of you know, but I write about it in a letter to the American church. How did we get to this place where, where pastors are convinced I'm not supposed to be political? from the pulpit, right? If Stalin or Hitler are running for office, should you not tell your congregation, don't vote for them? Like, really? I mean, have pastors been muzzled because of the Johnson Amendment, but, but most of us just thought, yeah, we're not supposed to be political. We, we, where did that come from? You know who told me where that came from? You know how I learned where that came from? You know how most Christians in America who know about that, from whom they learned about it? You ready? Donald J. Trump. Donald J. Trump, when he was campaigning in 2016, he noticed that pastors would say, look, I, you know, I love you, but I can't say anything. And he was like, well, what do you mean you can't say it? What are we talking about? You know, he's, thinking, he's crazy. He's thinking like, hey, we're in America. We could say what we want, right? No, not in churches. They don't believe that. You gotta be careful. And he was like, what are you, what are you talking about? Where did this come from? He looked into it. And I remember him saying this, he did an event in New York, a big event with evangelicals, and he starts talking about the Johnson Amendment, and I thought, I've never heard this. It was that unbelievably corrupt bum named Lyndon Johnson, one of the most corrupt, wicked politicians in the history of America, who didn't like, when he was in the Senate, what some pastors were saying and churches were mobilizing against him. He thought, I'll fix them. We'll put this into the IRS code into the tax law that if it is unconstitutional it is un-american and it is it's an amazing thing that christians and pastors in particular have self-censored because they go i don't want to lose my 501c3 status you are called by god yeah. to speak truth and the idea 
that you would be worried about losing your 501c3. Every single pastor in America should be trying to lose their 501c3 status and see what happens. There are still not enough IRS agents to do anything about that. But many people are timid. They go along with it. And so the Johnson Amendment, it's, it's this classic thing. You think, where did this idea come from that we're not supposed to be political? You're not supposed to make an idol of politics. But the government doesn't really care if you make an idol of anything. They just care about shutting you up. And that's what the Johnson Amendment is all about. And so with the Supreme Court, I mean, again, and this is why politics matters. This is why voting matters. This is why you might hate somebody, but you are forced you are forced, if you're an adult, to vote for one of the two candidates. There's no third option. And I know many of us took that third option. I'm not one of them, but many friends of mine said, I didn't vote in 2016. Well, if Hillary Clinton had won and, and her you know, satanic Marxist policies uh, had been brought to bear on the Supreme Court, you who didn't vote, Mr. and Mrs. Christian, you would be guilty for that because the Lord has called you to take a stand and patriots have died so that you could vote. And so again, that idea that I'm gonna be so pious that I'm not gonna vote. So I don't know what's gonna happen, but all I can tell you is with the court we have now, the odds of any good thing being passed are dramatically improved thanks to a thrice married, philandering New York real estate developer. <laughs> who I believe is raised up by God to show the church what courage looks like. The next question is from the Reverend Calvin Lindstrom, and he pastors the Church of Christian Liberty and Christian Liberty Academy in Arlington Heights. He's on the board of Illinois Family Action, and Pastor Lindstrom is encouraging our state lawmakers to renew and expand the tax credit, invest in kids' scholarship program. So, Pastor Lindstrom, your question. A question and then a comment if you want to comment on. But uh, the question, what role did German schools, even K through 12, have in the rebellion of Germany and the applications that you would make today in America? And then also just a, a comment about how psychology invading the church has been one of the lies to keep Christians also from speaking on a lot of issues. So the schools in Germany, I think it's kind of a side issue, right? Because, you know, there's the schools and there's the family and there's the culture and there's the, it's kind of everything. In the book that I have coming out in April, I, I talk about something. I was kind of astonished to see Bonhoeffer talk about this uh, in 1928. He was a pastor for one year in Barcelona, Spain, and he was super young, like 22 years old. And he gave a speech uh, or lecture and he talks about the secularization of the culture and the church, and how this speaks to us today dramatically, how many in the church have bought into secular ideas. So when you say, and, and it kind of gets to you know, the devil's idea of the church. What's the devil's idea of the church? Just stay in this religious box. Just, just, you talk, when you talk about God, just talk about God. Just talk about theology. Don't, don't let it bleed out into the rest of reality, which is what God wants, right? And when you buy the idea of secularism, you kind of make believing in God like a side issue. It's supposed to be connected to all of reality. If I believe in God, what follows from that is infinite. It's the sanctity of the human person, that lives are sacred and made in God's image. And what follows from that? Slavery is wrong. Racism is wrong. We've got to care for the poor. We've got to care for those who can't help themselves. We've got to, all that follows from belief in the God of the Bible is just, it goes everywhere. 
And so Bonhoeffer talks about this, that many in the church, and again, it gets to the issue of are you really a Christian or not? Are you just a Christian in name only? You know, we've heard of rhinos. There are many, many people who say, well, I'm, I'm a Christian. I believe this and this and this. God knows if you're a Christian and the devil knows if you're a Christian. And so when you identify as a Christian, the question is, are you? Or do you say you're a Christian, but you've bought all of these secular ideas. And I think that's what happened in Germany and in the German schools, just as in our schools. Secularism kind of creeps into the culture, but even Christians kind of act like we can have detente with, with secularism, right? It's neutral, they don't believe in God, we believe in God. But what about what follows from not believing in God? What follows from not believing in God, it means I can do anything I want. It means that there are no rules about sexuality. It means that eventually, Children will be sex trafficked, because why not? In China, people will be killed for their organs, because why not? What follows from a secular worldview is ultimately very, very, very dark. But they don't want you to know that. They want to act like, well, it's just neutral. You know, you have your little faith, and, and we don't. And you think, well, we can't force you to have faith, but let me, let me be clear historically what it looks like when people love Jesus and when they don't. And that's just a fact. The evidence for God is so astonishing. And I, that's one of the reasons I believe we're, we're in the end times at some point, because the evidence for God has increased like exponentially. It's unbelievable. So your excuse for not believing in him goes like to zero. You, you really have no excuse anymore. So you want to argue about the details, but the existence of God. And so the, the comment on psychology infiltrating the churches too. I mean, when I hear about a guy in Maine hearing voices in his head and murdering people, my guess would be those are demonic voices. Now, I can't say for sure, but I'm here to tell you that is an absolutely rational thesis. When people murder randomly, if they hear voices in their heads, but if you have a secular worldview, you say, no, 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 it's schizophrenia and there's pills, and, and you think, well, I live in a reality where Jesus talks about casting out devils. That, that didn't go away. I'm not a cessationist, and, and I don't believe that that, that was, well, that Jesus could cast out devils, but today we don't, we don't have devils anymore. We have satanic stuff. And if you're a mature Christian, you've seen that stuff, and you know people who've experienced that stuff. This is a reality. When you live in a secular world, they say that reality does not exist. We cannot talk about that reality. And I'm here to say the church has to be infinitely bolder on every one of these fronts. There are people who have demonic oppression and issues and stuff. We owe it to them to try to help them. Uh, and to say, not to say like, well, it's not my business and you go to some psychiatrist and you know, if you kill people, sorry, it didn't work this time. This is, this is real, but we can't talk about evil in a secular culture. Right? That category doesn't exist. I think Americans are seeing certain things and they're waking up and they're thinking, I, yeah, I think there's this thing called evil. And if it's evil, the only solution is God. So if the church will be the church and show what it looks like to totally believe in the God of the Bible and believe what the Bible says and live it out fully, an infinite number of people are going to be attracted to that God. That's called evangelism. And so I think we're living in an opportunity right now. Let's thank Eric Metaxas. Q&A with author and broadcaster Eric Metaxas following his keynote address during the Illinois Family Institute's recent Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet in Bolingbrook. 
please support the work of the Illinois Family Institute. And remember IFI's matching challenge throughout December. Matching challenge donations will be matched dollar for dollar up to $100,000. To give and for updates on the challenge, go to IllinoisFamily.org. And go to IllinoisFamily.org to sign on for IFI email updates. Those updates will tell you about pending legislation, events, and they'll provide other valuable information. Be sure to join IFI for a special forum on dangerous drugs, 7 p.m. Monday, January 22nd at Grace Fellowship Church in Oak Forest. There's more information at IllinoisFamily.org. Just click events. Keep IFI in your prayers and tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.